how do we start how, how do we start how do we start a podcast um i think um we have to go with <laughs> hey guys of some variable what's going on podcasters <laughs> sure why not this is all going in <laughs> yeah there we go All right, start an intro. All right, intro. Uh, 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 You're getting there. <laughs> uh, what? What's what? Uh, what? <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> uh, welcome to the first episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. Uh, I'm Brian, and I'm Lizzie, and uh, yeah, we are uh, bringing you this podcast. <laughs> It's here for the masses of niche emo and pop <laughs> kids all alike. Or if you just have no idea what the hell an emo kid is, here we are. Here we are. We look great. Uh, yeah, so a uh, little bit about this podcast. Uh, we are fans of emo <laughs> culture and subculture. If you couldn't tell. Uh, but I'm old and have been doing this for, what, like years now <laughs> too many years and uh lizzie you're younger i am and you're more connected to the modern the resurgence of emo sort of yeah yeah current 2018 emo so uh we wanted to record about us and what emo is like nowadays how emo is researching how emo was uh in the day and then just sort of like talk about how uh that's affecting people in in real world <laughs> now With real world scenarios yeah yeah uh you know i i would say that uh we're gonna dive into some other stuff besides just like music culture and bands and and uh sort of the history of things and like get into more of like uh what is affecting our our society what's affecting our culture what's affecting the people that are are listening to this music and just sort of tie it all back together uh, did that make any sense? Is that, so it, that it's right? sort of like <laughs> we're going to have different topics. So, you, you know, in our scene, it's a really big um, phenomenon to be talking about depression, suicide, etc. and so on. But we'll also be talking about other issues that maybe people don't cover, like, you know, the healthcare reform and those types of issues or talking about, you know, activism and like gun violence or something like that. So we're going to try to bring that in while also talking about the scene and how it influences it and how the different bands that we listen to or artists that we listen to discuss it or don't discuss it and just how it overall affects everyone in general. Yeah. That was a much better summary. <laughs> there you go. She gets it. <laughs> uh, this first episode, I think we're going to keep it a little bit lighter. Uh, we'll talk about... Uh, Brendan Urie and Panic at the Disco, who just played in Chicago last night. Yeah, it's a fan favorite. And we'll also discuss the final Warp Tour run, which is coming through Chicago this weekend. Very tragic. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, so we'll kind of just keep it light for this episode, but uh, we will dive into some more... Uh, uh, yeah, I think things that people want to talk about, things that people want to hear more uh in the media being discussed and something that relates more to the people that uh you know are going through it uh so yeah but we will <laughs> we'll stay light on this episode yeah. all right uh but let's uh let's talk a little bit about ourselves whoa <laughs> right uh well you who did are say we? that you why are we you did say you are old yeah so yeah, i yeah. feel like the you know people need to know what that entitles 
exactly <laughs> what being old is yeah it's just you i know, mean you have to define what old is you can't hang and just everything's falling apart <laughs> okay that sounds really bad and we were gonna, yeah we we're gonna get really heavy now <laughs> no <laughs> i don't think i want to get old brian <laughs> uh, it sucks uh yeah no let's talk a little bit about ourselves uh why are we here who are we why are we like this uh so uh i'm brian i am uh the singer of a emo nostalgia band called taking back emo uh which is sort of the the reason that we are connected for this uh as lizzie is also working with taking back emo uh and yeah we came up with the idea of doing this emo social club as sort of a community within uh and around the band around the the people that have been hanging out with us uh you know, sharing in the show, sharing in our our you know news articles or, or things that are coming up. We have a lot of memes going back and forth. <laughs> the most important uh, thing, obviously. It's a strong, strong meme game. Uh, yeah, so I uh, I wanted to do something else with the band besides just uh, covering all the old music that I used to listen to. I wanted it to be more of like building around the people that were in my life or are you know i've like reconnected with a ton of friends from doing this band from back in high school uh and you know we're all just coming together again over the same music that we listened to back in 2005 through 2008 (laughs) around there 2005 i think i was in like sixth grade maybe maybe younger oh boy (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (laughs) carlos and i just put our (laughs) hands Rubbed our rubbed our faces like oh boy. You know oh, what? I'm yeah. always here to make you feel old. Thanks. That's what I do for everyone. I should say 2005 or 2008 were not my high school years. That was my college years. So. I started high school in 2008, 2009. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weak. <laughs> cool. So uh, you know, great. Uh, I yeah. So uh, I'm Lizzie to go off of that. I'm clearly not as old as Brian. I am a uh, 23. I did a lot of um, I did college radio, so I've done interviews for like Warp Tour and Riot Fest and other smaller bands in the area beforehand. Um, now I also work in promotions at a larger radio station here in the Chicago area, and I also work with obviously Taking Back Emo, and I also do talent buying for a smaller music venue around here too. So it's uh, definitely trying to interweave everything that I really like and have experience in and love to do in putting it into a more media accessible format and also having a dialogue to discuss certain issues that you try to open up with people in conversation, especially in the scene, and maybe they aren't super well versed on it or they just don't want to say anything because they don't want to offend anybody which I totally get. So this is going to be another platform to hopefully jumpstart those conversations so we can begin more dialogue and back and forth discussion on certain subjects that I feel like we should be addressing. I mean, if personally for me, if the punk scene, which is another genre I really heavily listen to, is able to discuss a lot about like activism and what's going on and like politics and everything like that, why not the emo and pop punk scene? Sure, we're sad all the time, but there's <laughs> got to be something that makes us sad that's relevant. And there is. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, one thing that I've kind of noticed about sort of the resurgence and the, the, the new interest in emo music and pop punk music uh, newer bands coming into the scene, older bands coming back. It, 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 you remember, uh, maybe you were too young, 
uh, Warp Tour back in like oh four oh five uh, when like a lot of these bands were you know Mike Hem and uh, Fall Out Boy were headlining Warp Tour and well actually no they weren't headlining Warp Tour that was a thing is they were like they were like the oh, we little yeah. bands down there yeah we don't know how they're gonna do and then yeah <laughs> here, sold here out. they are it was crazy uh, but there were a lot of like uh, Rock Against uh, Bush albums that were out at that time there were a lot of uh there was a lot more sort of awareness of the way uh of of what the government was doing of how it was affecting people and it was trying to to jumpstart some activism within that scene within the people that were at these concerts there were people there were booths there were cds there were albums and obviously everybody was you know giving the middle finger and saying like you know hey we don't like we don't we don't like what you're doing so <laughs> i uh you know after you know after obama's election i feel like that sort of wasn't as it, there was still plenty of things to be active about but i do feel that that uh wasn't happening as much at these shows where we were still addressing the issues we were still talking about issues but we obviously didn't have anything to rally against to rail against that was actively causing bad bad things right to happen. exactly but so, now we're i feel like we're back in a place exactly. where we have it and people are saying i can't believe they're doing it but they're not really doing much more yeah i mean it's very ironic because people say that you know for you know ivanka trump is being complicit but it's also like a little bit vice versa back yeah. on us in certain senses yeah. i think that's as heavy as we're gonna get <laughs> but just saying this is what you have to look forward to yeah. <laughs> if you want to have actually have a dialogue and discussion about it and talk about emo music which is wild i know yeah but here we are i think that this is going to show uh that it's okay to talk about these things no matter like kind of what community you're in uh, i'm hoping that we can have some interviews with people that are are uh, you know really doing things out there that are really like you know people who have booths on warp tour talking about mental health and depression and uh trying to bring more awareness to it uh people who are uh getting people to register to vote and people who want uh you know the youth <laughs> us olds to us, like us, get, us oldies over here <laughs> to get uh you know to get on their feet and like actually do something about it uh so much more now that things are in the news, in the media, people are much more aware of things. There is more reporting on these things that at one time, you know, we would just sort of sweep under the rug. Right. So I think that I I like the idea of this podcast being a place for whether it's our community, however big the community is, is that we can all talk to one another. We can all bring awareness to these things as well. Uh, yeah, I just feel very strongly about that. I feel like it's also worth to mention it's a, a safe space so we post this and people start to talk about it and comment about it everyone's open to discussion obviously everyone in this um you know in our subculture has different views I know it's shocking not everyone has the same view as you it's really wild it's a really wild concept but <laughs> it's something that we're open to obviously there's both sides of every conversation I was on debate for a while so I definitely know how to argue both sides <laughs> of every conversation even if I don't agree with it However, just to stress that we're here to have an open conversation. Yeah. And like maybe cry. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Panic at the Disco. Yes, you were able to go last night, which I'm very jelly about. None of Did my go. friends wanted to go after the last time we saw Panic and they didn't like all the young screaming girls who didn't know a fever you can't sweat out 
Well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, there was one song from Fever You Can't Sweat Out. Which we all know. Yeah, we course. all know. Uh, you know, I'm not too upset about that. I think overall, uh, I, you know, the, the, obviously every time Panic of the Disco puts out something new, every time Brennan Yuri does something new, there's discussion about where he came from, the fact that it's only him in the band now, the fact that, you know, it's, it, there are other musicians in the band, but he's writing everything. He's, you know, right. recording everything he's like himself. He's the face, obviously. He's the face. So, I, I, you know, every time he does anything, every time he does an interview, every time that he's seen, everybody's asking him these questions or mentioning this stuff to him. And, and I'm kind of just like, hey, this is where we're at now. Like, let's stop but I get it. Like I personally am very attached to fever. You can't sweat out. Uh, I did a video talking about the entire album with my friend Dashney uh, on the taking back emo page. And uh, we did it. That was promotion for our show where we performed it from front to back, which was like, you know, fantastic for me. I had a great time. <laughs> the audience loved it. I hope, but I was having the best time. So, you know, but I, you know, that album means a lot to me, and I know that I can't go and see Panic at the Disco play a show and see all of those songs anymore. I just and you can't I, also go to a venue as small as what you play right. at Sub T, right? Yeah, uh, that was at uh, B Kitchen. B Kitchen. Yeah, it's a very small venue. Yeah, it's tiny. So like, if I go to see Panic at the Disco now, I understand that I'm going to see Panic at the Disco now. Exactly. I also, you know, there, there's a. I think it's weird that a lot of these bands are doing their old albums. They're doing like a tour where they're just playing the first or second album or whatever it is, like a 10 year one, or they do like some pop up 10 year shows or, or whatever it is. I, I kind of think that they're, it's strange for bands that are still writing new music, putting out new albums to then always go back to the original album. Like, oh, we, we we know that the fans like this. We know that the fans are there for this. But it's like, yeah, but you just wrote two more albums. So why would you only play? A lot of it's marketing and just what's sellable at this point. Because yeah. everyone who listened to those albums are old enough to have ideally like salary jobs where they can afford we do. to spend that money. <laughs> you do, yes. Isn't, do. isn't that nice <laughs> to not be a young millennial, Brian? Yep. <laughs> But that's what usually what it is. And that's what people want to hear. They want to hear the bangers. They want to feel, you know, like they were when they were they were young and and, you know, nostalgia sells. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing at the moment is what people are looking for. I mean, that's why there's like emo versus pop punk night. <laughs> yeah. You know, every Sunday usually here in Chicago and they're playing old school pop punk or like they're doing a yellow card tribute for all of Ocean Avenue. Yeah. So, because people want to hear it, they want to relive their youth. They want to get drunk and relive their youth. <laughs> I yeah, and I also then see you know at the show last night, it was mostly like young girls and their moms or, or dads. It was mostly moms. I saw. I'm like, this is that's, that's sort of yeah. There's a, there's a lot of moms. Uh, you know, so, a lot of moms are probably like, ooh, look at that Brendan Urie. Sure, why not? Uh, he's my age and he looks so good. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm seeing all of these like younger kids and I'm like, well, they, <laughs> I don't know how old they were when fever, you can't sweat out came out, but like, some of them were probably not even like born. Yeah. So yet. like they're either, you know, super young or they'd been born after the album came out or, or whatever it is. And now their understanding of panic of the disco was their last two albums or their last three albums. Like, uh, 
that is who they know as Panic of the Disco. They know that there's other music out there, and they've probably listened to it, but they've never been able to go and see a Panic of the Disco show and see the first album. Right. So if you go to a Panic of the Disco show now, that's all you're going to see, and that's what they're they're going to remember when they're however old we are and they're going to get to that age and they're going to have whatever nights they have at bars where they're playing oh we're playing uh the whole too weird to live too Too rare Rare to die Die. album and people are going to be like that's awesome i love that and then people like us are going to be like boy boy fever and like yeah like (laughs) like when i saw um i saw paramore Mm -hmm. at um northern lee island and i'm just forever screaming to the void for them to play emergency again like when yeah. they did when I saw them at the final riot tour at Congress Theater like yeah. 2009 and I know it's never gonna happen again <laughs> unless they do like a 10 year anniversary whatever which, reunion tour which yeah. I don't think they are no. but that's just me because <laughs> I, I love those albums more so than more current stuff because yeah. I'm not super into like 80s pop sorry I know that's like that's an fair. unpopular opinion <laughs> no it's fair whatever I do think that album is fantastic as well but I also get the uh, yeah I mean I'll bop to after thing. laughter to some of the songs I'm just you know I, I'd rather you know listen to all we know or riot like full blast 100% of the time <laughs> and I mean maybe it's like because Panic and Paramore are still putting out albums that get a little bit more acclaim like I'll I'll throw it out there that The Used did a 10 year 15 year whatever yeah, it was for, I, for uh, In Love and Death for and In Love for and Death their... and for their self titled yeah so they did a tour where they literally did two nights and they played those two albums. This, it was amazing. But then you listen to their new album and it doesn't sound much like those. And I mean, I don't know how, how well it's done. I but mean, I don't hear anybody done, like talking about right, it. Right. But we have to remember the use kind of like are also like a niche band for a lot of people nowadays. Like they'll listen to like, oh, box full of sharp objects. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. But sound effects and over dramatics. So like, what's that? I'm like, did you never Fair. listen to In Love and Death, sir? <laughs> like to me, those were the two <laughs> albums that got them as big as they were. Like they sort of broke the mold on what emo screamo whatever it was like they paved the way for my chemical romance and bands to come after them so then when they're doing their tenure i can only imagine it's because like maybe their newer albums aren't well, getting remember as much attention and- after they kind of came back their newer albums were like here's ulysses that's a 15 minute weird instrumental <laughs> song and no one really knew what was going on but some people were into it I mean, their newest album is pretty well. It kind of mixes everything together, I feel, from yeah. like their older sound and their newer sound. I really like it, but it's also kind of that, unfortunately, it's one of those albums you just put on in the background and just yeah. do whatever and kind of forget that it's playing, but you just want like noise in the background. Do you but think it is that a good album. Do you think that there's less bangers on it? There is significantly less Would bangers you say on it's, it. It's a good album, but it lacks strong banger tune yes like over and over again is a pretty strong banger but it's a, a too long of a banger yeah and it's too repetitive yeah and you don't too wanna... long of a banger it yeah. doesn't it doesn't go together well yeah bangers have a certain limit yeah of time so panic at the disco <laughs> <laughs> bring us back uh yeah so the show is great i would say that if you've seen uh i know they put out their last tour on youtube uh, they put out like live video of the whole thing. Uh, they did a lot of that again. Like, That's what a lot I've of noticed what was from my friend's Snapchat. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I was missing out too much, but I also just would have liked to have gone. Yeah, I mean, it was a great show. Like, if you enjoy 
great performers if you enjoy you know awesome lights and a huge stage show and all this stuff i i think that it's it's you know it's worth whatever money you can afford to go and get even like the big back uh or the, yeah the, the back the of the bleeds. stadium yeah like it's worth it that's uh, where i sat last time and it was great except yeah. i was so ex- excited and we were by the balcony that i was jumping so much i almost fell over one of my <laughs> friends had to straight up grab the back of my shirt and pull me back <laughs> up because i was like this is how i die tonight yeah. i guess <laughs> fall onto the stage during a panic at the disco (laughs) what's up uh yeah i would say like it was a great show i enjoyed it a lot i maybe too much but uh uh, yeah like i i i I don't know i think that brendan yuri is sort of like our scenes hero right now i don't know if that's because we don't have a ton but right he's been uh just doing so much like in the media right now i his songs have been picked up for uh the hockey the stanley cup back when that was happening when the album was just coming out uh i saw they had a song played on the world cup uh so like he's you know the songs are getting him places and he's he's putting the music in a lot of places where people are going to hear it right it's sort of like he's the modern day fallout boy when fallout boy came back (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. that's the equivalent right now i feel (laughs) yeah uh so yeah he also has been doing uh he did the highest hopes foundation right so he uh announced his own foundation to support uh i think as he put it like disenfranchised uh he's donating a million dollars to uh hold on let me pull it up exactly a million dollars to gl glsen the gay lesbian and straight education network uh so he is standing standing up for this issue that we I, I think it's been more prevalent but i don't think that we have had sort of like a hero from back in 2005 sort of in the in the media's eye as much as he's been since this album's been coming out to really speak on these issues and to put his money where his mouth is and say hey i'm doing these things i'm doing this this for these people uh, and sort of just, I don't know, setting like a, a really good example right. for, for, I don't know. Well, like and our, I feel like our... Panic at the Disco is like a good like family band too. Like weird to say, I mean, my dad <laughs> loves Panic at the Disco. So, and like my entire family loves Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy. But I feel that it's also, you know, you can like listen to it in the car with like your parents and they're not going to be as offended where if you listen like the youths in the car, <laughs> your parents are going to be like, are you okay? The, like, the, what is this? The screaming thing, yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing. Like, especially in this scene, we have people who are like, yeah, I'm clearly like for all these different issues, but mm-hmm. they're not saying it outwardly. They're, it's just right. inferred. Um, where you have in like the punk scene, you have Against Me's Laura Jane Grace who yeah. came out as trans and she's been like running forward with it and yeah. is very vocal about it. So I think it's like, it's really cool that we have that and we have an individual to stand up for these different, you know, issues in society, especially because Brendan Year came out as pansexual, I think about yep. a week ago as well. Yeah. So it's also bringing visibility to a lot of different like sexualities and other underground issues that we don't really speak about yeah. or like know much about either. So I think it's a really good conversation to yeah. start up on. It seems like essentially it just takes somebody to say, I don't care if I lose fans because I stood up for people who aren't being stood up for as much. Like the idea that you would offend somebody by coming out as whatever sexuality you are, the idea that you would offend somebody by saying that I'm standing up for these kids that are, you know, scared to say 
whatever sexuality they are. Like, I just think that there's nobody who is putting themselves out there to potentially lose some of their fans, to potentially lose some of their marketability or whatever it is. I mean, I, I think, you know, right now he's probably doing something that is very natural for him. Because he doesn't seem like a kind of person who's going to be like, oh, I'm going to keep quiet. I'm going to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, he's very vocal, very vibrant yeah. of a person. So I think that it was just sort of time for him to just say, I am going to do this. This is who I am. This is how I want to live my life. This is how I want other people to live their lives. This is how I'm going to help everybody. And he's just like, I don't care if you don't like it. Like, that's just inevitably, I think that's maybe how we're going to sort of get through to some people who don't like it is. You don't have to like it, but it's not something that's going to affect you. The music still stands. The music exists. The music is what it is. Uh, I don't know. He, you know, he, he was performing, uh, girls, girls, boys, I think is the, the song title. I was confused it because, you know, it could be boys, girls, 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 whatever. (laughs) So, uh, he's performing that and he had said originally it was not a song about, uh, sexuality it wasn't a song about coming out it wasn't a song up for for that it was just a song about you know something that happened in his life so for him to then turn it into that uh, you know everybody in the audience last night did the same thing where uh you put your camera phone light into a, a colored piece of paper and you hold it up while he's performing that song uh which looked fantastic that was incredible to see uh but he he wasn't writing for it specifically so he's just writing the music as himself he's writing the music for what he wants to write about it just so happens that it's affecting people who are dealing with these issues dealing with sexuality dealing with coming out and then he is sort of saying it's okay and he is the one that's sort of pushing for this and like even if he's not doing it on purpose the art stands as the art and what people are taking away from it is something super positive that he didn't even intend and i'm you know i'm i'm I don't know. It just it fills me with happiness that like people are ready to speak out. People are ready to stand up and say, "No, I'm done with this. Like this is how it is now." Like this is this the is 21st we century. We're moving on. Yeah. Like I'm I'm excited about that. I'm glad that someone's finally doing it. Exactly. Especially somebody who has such of like a huge image in the public sphere rather yeah. than, than just in our small little subculture. Yeah. Like, it's like everyone knows who Brendan Urie is or they've heard a panic at the, a modern panic at the disco I mean, yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. So that's also really cool. He's using that like platform yeah. to this, his highest advantage to project these like really positive messages. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> So, Chicago Warp Tour is yes. this weekend. This is the final run, final cross country run of the Vans Warp Tour. You better kill someone in the pit or something, <laughs> or crowd kill, or start a fight. I don't know. Don't actually do that because I don't want you to hurt anyone. That's all asphalt down there. That's not fun to fall on. Don't, don't murder. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Don't purposely don't do injured. <laughs> uh, so. The bands, some of the bands that are playing this year, I pulled like a short list of bands that I thought, you know, kind of I recognize. The thing about, like, like, well, yeah, it's like that, who that's are the really bands old that of you to say. Recognize? No, it's like looking through. I'm like, <laughs> final cross country run. I'm like, who are who are these people? Like, I've never seen some oh, of these no. bands before. I mean, Bowling for Soup's on there. I know they're not no, necessarily yeah. emo, but they well, yeah, slap. They're also. Uh, I don't think they're playing Chicago. They are. Or, or they it's are. their last date. 
Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't pull that one then. Wow. My bad. They were really good uh, when I saw them with Screeching Weasel. That was a really cool show. So some of the bands that are playing. <laughs> uh, 303, Mayday Parade, Four Years Strong, Real Friends, Simple Plan, The Main, Tonight Alive, We the Kings, Every Time I Die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. then uh, our Chicago friends in Harm's Way and Sleep On It. Uh, yeah, I... The lineup looks great, considering that it's their final cross-country run. I know a lot of other bands have done uh, some hop-ons, some hop-offs in other states. I know that there's still some people that are... Being added here and there. Yeah, it's it's just sort of like, uh, hey, if you can can make it, come on out, have a good time. It's like, hey, is this going to conflict with your uh, fall touring schedule or nah? Yeah. If Uh, not, come through. So I dig that. I'm I'm kind of bummed that more of those aren't coming through. I'm very upset that dates. the used weren't coming through here at yeah. all. Yeah, they weren't even on Riot Fest lineup. No, I so was offended. Uh, Hashtag offended. <laughs> I was bummed that uh, that Under Oath was only doing a couple shows. Uh, you know, more in the southern states, but uh, I know they're on Riot Fest in September. Yeah. So uh, we'll see them again. Um, what do you think that they mean by the final cross country run? Of Warp Tour. What I, do you think that means for I them? I think they're going to pick one to maybe five major cities and they're going to plop it down in those. Mm. Like, you don't remember how Riot Fest used to do three cities? They mm. used to do, what was it, Toronto, Denver, and Chicago? Yep. And now it's only just Chicago. I think that's what it's going to end up being. And they're probably going to see how the maintenance on those so many shows go. And then I feel like they're probably going to condense it down. Mm. And I really feel like because the biggest poll that they have in a lot of their audiences is still in California I feel in the end they'll end up staying in California Mm -hmm. and being like this is our big warp tour every year Mm -hmm. it'd be probably equivalent to like (laughs) Riot Fest I feel Uh, in stance and I I really think that's what it's going to come to I think so I I agree that I think they're just going to find somewhere to plop it down and and just say this is where we do this now probably change it from warp tour to like warp fest or something like that like something that 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 sounds right I guess yeah but I, I, I remember kind of reading an article from Kevin Lyman when he announced that it was going to be the final uh, cross-country run. And it just the way that they're saying it, he just makes it sound like, hey, it costs a lot to like put up a tour that runs the entire U.S., that runs, that runs nationally and trying to get enough bands on it to commit to it, uh, especially when there are a ton of summer festivals that have popped up. There's... Uh, all kinds of clauses that you have to sign when you're a band playing these festivals. I know Lollapalooza is really bad with their like radius clauses. Like you, right. you want to get acts that are not going to be performing anywhere nearby so that your audience come, their audience comes to see your festival. Exactly. So unless you're doing an after show specifically yeah. for them, because I know Last year, I think I remember my friend telling me there were some artists who was scheduled to do a show like I think a month before Lollapalooza and they were on Lollapalooza and suddenly they hopped off that list mm. and they was just saying, I can't legally do this. Yeah. And I didn't know I couldn't legally do this. <laughs> right. I'm like, ooh, yikes. So, I mean, if you have like a bunch of those festivals, because they're now like, I wouldn't say Lollapalooza style festivals everywhere, but I'd say like if Riot Fest is you know, sort of the the comparison. There are a bunch of different sort of rock festivals that pop up everywhere across the U.S. all during the summer, assuming that they all have some of those contracts. How can you get these large bands to play 
a national tour and make as much money as they would make in one day at this massive festival. And then you could also just do a festival circuit because they all happen on different weekends. So rather than going, you know, one tour, one festival stop, you're just popping around all of them, playing these giant shows, playing to massive audiences. And I don't think Warp Tour can really compete with that anymore. And I think that that's maybe the way that the business is going to where people want to go to these giant festivals that bring in the acts in their area. Uh, Warp Tour's bands are, you know, much smaller, much newer bands. Right. Not it's a bad thing. It is a, it has always been a place for newer bands to get their touring, uh, you know, get their touring started, get get in front of some new audiences, get some new ears to listen to them. Uh, but I think in later years it's like well i'm not going to go see this tour if there's no bands that i'm really going to enjoy right. if it's all new music you're never going to bring in the same crowds you would if you had these large artists uh i think that they've got some you know bigger artists on this year i know that the way too many rumors about bringing back like fallout boy or I, I feel like that's a lie but if fallout boy comes back for the chicago day you bet I mean, i'm gonna be lined they up will not. first person <laughs> Let's go. I'll fight you. They will not. I, mean, I know. I, and I, I mean. I could only dream. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice thought. I just am like, it's it's clear that these bands have, you know, they, they've got, they had their opportunity on Warp Tour. They got where they were going. It's sort of time for some other bands to, to take that spotlight on the final Warp Tour, not to be overshadowed by a band that is way too big to be playing right. there. Well, there's, I mean, some of the notable bands we even have now that are starting to make a name for themselves pretty significant. At least we have, like, Sleep On It and Real Friends, some really big local acts that we yeah. have here in Chicago. And, I mean, Real Friends just came out with a new single. They're coming out with their, their new album soon. And then mm. Sleep On It just came out with their new album, Overexposed, just a few months ago. Mm. So I think the fact that a lot of that is picking up steam and then a lot of other bands like Grayscale is also on Warp mm -hmm. Tour and they're really good. I personally think they're really good. <laughs> they play Riot Fest last year. So I feel like the fact that they're also building up and I feel that there's a lot of people in the DIY community mm -hmm. starting to come through more into these festivals. It's also, I feel like that's also hindering it because the whole DIY thing is obviously do it yourself. You don't do it through contracts and corporations. Right. You do it through... Yo, I'm gonna come through and play with my band. You know, pay me some money. Can I get some beer? Lot. Cool. <laughs> I'll just follow you around. I'll be in the parking lot. We'll play out of the back of my van. Basically. <laughs> I mean, I thought about doing that back in the day when I was in an original band. Like, I'll just show up and and start playing. Like, like I'm here now. I need ears. Surprise. I think it was. Uh, there was. There have been a couple bands that have legitimately done that for Warp Tour, and Kevin Lyman was like, "Yo, like you can play on the stage at this time or something like that." Like he like gave him an opportunity. Uh, so I guess overall, it is kind of a bummer that Warp Tour is ending. I do think that there's going to be something that they do, a fest in California, or or you know, like you said, a couple small cities yeah. or uh, uh, a couple larger festivals in some different yes. cities, not small cities. That'd be really pointless. <laughs> Come on down to Saskatoon. Where's that? Is I that even no a place? idea? <laughs> it's the first small town name that came to my head. Yikes! Uh, I'm pretty sure it's real. Uh, I'm Yikes. pretty sure. So. I, yeah, I, I think that they're going to just do – I think the cross-country line in there is is obvious that they're going to do something. They're still going to keep the brand. They're still going to keep you know, the same idea. Um, yeah. Fun facts. <laughs> Fun facts. Uh, Are you planning to go to any of the dates? So I'm not going to Chicago one. Uh, Taking Back Emo is playing a after show for Warp Tour. Yeah, at, they uh, are. <laughs> 
at Brower House in Lombard. Uh, you know, starts at ten. Information on our uh, on our Facebook. <laughs> uh, I'm bad at plugs, so yeah, I won't be going to Chicago date. I'm going to Milwaukee for sure. I may go to Indianapolis. We'll see. Joan Jett's playing Indianapolis. Yeah, I, but so is Frank Turner, who's. <gasps> I love Frank Turner. I'm really upset that I'm uh, hopping on a plane to go to Disney World that day now. Damn. I know. <laughs> well, it, it, I'm just so conflicted. <laughs> yeah, I'm conflicted too because it's like a three-hour drive out to Noblesville, Indiana. Yikes! It's a long drive. Uh, we'll see. I might go. I might send you. Yeah. Some stories. Cry while my plane to Disney World. (laughs) I'll get to Magic Kingdom. Be like, wow, I'm crying in front of Cinderella's (laughs) castle. Thank you. Sounds like a great trip. I know, right? (laughs) It's like really. um, It's miserable. (laughs) The true emo princess has arrived. (laughs) Uh, I'll be going to Chicago date. So if you see a girl with a combat boots with bats on them and a big bow in her hair, say (laughs) hey, but don't be weird about it. I've had people do that. They'll come up to me and be like, I've seen you at different shows. I'm like, all right, let's not talk to people that way. It's <laughs> <laughs> not how we talk. All right. Well, that was the first episode of the Emo Social I know Club it's a podcast. little rough. It'll be better <laughs> next time. This is our, uh, this is our trial and error. Uh, you know, follow along with us because we are definitely going to be uh, cataloging the process of doing a podcast. Uh, so for all of you people who want to be like, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Here we go. Yeah. We said the same thing an hour ago. <laughs> so and uh, here we are. Yeah. Uh, so that's our first episode. Uh, I'm Brian. Uh, you can find me on, uh, I'll go, I'll do Instagram because I'm way more, uh, on prominent there. on Instagram, uh, at spooky pants one. Boom. Um, and this has been Lizzie. I am on Twitter and Instagram. Um, both are the same handles. It's at Borden Battery, like Lizzie Borden and Elizabeth Battery. You know, <laughs> we'll put them keep, down in the. <laughs> we'll put it in the yeah, description as well. It. You can find us on there. Uh, also, check out Taking Back Emo. Uh, we are playing after uh, the Warp Tour on Saturday in Lombard, Illinois. Uh, all the details will be at Taking Back Emo on Facebook. And uh, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening. And uh, stay tuned for what's forthcoming. Yeah. And get ready to uh, talk and maybe cry. I hope yeah. you cry. We hope you cry. We hope you cry. All right. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you could subscribe and maybe leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to join the Emo Social Club, we can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Emo Social Club and on Twitter at XEmoSocialClubX. You can also find a video version of this podcast on YouTube at Emo Social Club. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you in the next one.